Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is the woman who knows how to set personal boundaries, Alex Standy. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And our friend Dan Mangena is back from a visit to Necker's Island. And if you're not sure where that is or what that is, that is the home of Sir Richard Branson. And he just spent a week there with a whole bunch of very high-powered people. I don't remember what the exact topic was, but I know the gist of it was, what can all these high-powered people do to help the world? I, I can't tell you more than that. I'm sure, I'm sure that you know he'll be out next week. He'll give us more information about that. But he was just on a really cool tour. And as a result, he's trying to catch up because you got all the emails and all the stuff that's waiting for you when you're getting home. So he's going to deal mm-hmm. with that today. But... Yeah. Uh, vacation. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. But our friend Alex is here. And, and Alex, you've been through a lot lately, but as usual, you are yeah. smiling. I, I have to ask you, I, I know I've asked this before, but I'll ask it again. How do you do this? You go through a lot and you you just keep smiling. Do it or die. I don't have, I only have two choices. So I went with the latter. Okay. Well, it works. You're doing very well. Ryan. That's the best part. Yeah. And we also have special guests joining us from down under today. This is a, a pair who uh, I met through a summit that I did recently that Dan actually also did as well. Um, and it was a summit about podcasting. And we met, we met these people and they were telling this really cool story and we were just having a great time and so forth. So I said, I got to get these guys onto the show. And that was about, what, I think a month, month and a half ago, something like that. Um, but we were able to pull it off. And so Pete and Monique are here. And, and I got to tell you, I love... The first podcast name they came up with, it was the Dog and Pony Show. I mean, seriously, guys, can you come up with a better name than that one? I don't know of one that, that is out there that is just, it's just more blatantly, you know, I am here to market, deal with it. It's, it's that, that's like the attitude that's behind it. I love it. So, Monique, Pete, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Thank you for having us. And hello, everybody from New Zealand. Um, it, it is, it's such a joy to be here. I, when I saw you actually, Walt, at the, um, at the pod, at the podcast summit, I thought, right, that'd be good. I'd love to be on his podcast as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my dad always taught me, be careful what you wish for. So, um, and it's so true. Uh, so yeah, we're really chuffed to be here. We created the dog and pony show because, um, Pete and I are both, uh, are performers. Uh, so we're both musicians and I trained as an actor and a speaker. And um, Pete's a songwriter, so we're both very creative and, and used to getting up and performing. And back in Victorian times, the Dog and Pony Show would come to town, and it was announcing that the circus was here. And so the you know you'd have the prancing pony with the dog up on its back, and and they would create attraction. And really, when we started working in marketing, we fell into marketing and media. Even though I have a a television media background as well, we kind of fell into it because we were marketing ourselves and people went, whoa, I like what you're doing. Can you do that for me? So we always talked about the fact that when we help people with their business, the dog and pony show is coming to town. <laughs> that's <laughs> cool. That's podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't know who is who yet. We haven't worked out who's the dog and pony. We won't comment on that one. We'll just leave that one laying. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't like taking the easy one, so I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. So, yeah, uh, well, you, you just gave us like the early introduction of what happened. But this is like this has been an ongoing thing. It's been one one really interesting experience, one success after another, which is it, it, that's kind of different from what most people experience. So just talk about that for a bit. Talk, talk about some of the things that have happened and talk about how it happened. Okay, well, there's, there's a bit of a, there's a big backstory here. So first of all, if we come back to the name of this podcast, LOA Today, right? I'm a massive quantum physics practitioner and I grew up with a dad who was a quantum mechanic and that was my normal. I didn't know that back in the 70s in conservative New Zealand, that wasn't normal. Uh, I thought everybody's dad got up and spoke to groups of people about, you know, thoughts of things and where you focus your attention is what you manifest. I thought that was normal. Um, so before Pete and I met, um, we were, I was a musician, actually, and a magician. I've done a lot of things. Apparently, yeah. And I remember being in not a great place, and I remember thinking, oh, I need, I want to be in a better relationship. And so I'm, I am going quite deep. This was 10 years ago, actually. 
And mm-hmm. I started I started saying to myself, um, I'm grateful for the love that has entered my life and to um and to give back to that love that's entered my life. I will love myself and I like it was this long thing that I did every single day. And thirty days later I was walking out of the relationship that I was in and twelve hours after that, Pete and I got together. <laughs> so nice. Nice. friends, like friends from day one, and then we noticed that um we had just so many commonalities. We're storytellers, even though I'm doing all the talking, which is quite normal. Um, we're both storytellers. Um, we both love learning things about people. We both are um, very creative visionary thinkers. And every time we both align out that vision together, it I won't say it's like magic that it happens, but it's that collective energy creates that opportunity. So Pete, your background's really different from mine, though, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got an IT background. I retrained as an adult into IT, uh, which is called basically second chance learner. And I had the opportunity to build my way up to being in the technical lead in, in, a, in a Maori university over here called Te Wānanga or Aotearoa. And we um, rolled out a program for second chance learners to learn computer schools skills. Uh, in schools, and um, we ran 12,000 um, adult students through that course. Wow. And um, so I got to pay it back uh, again oh. to other people get them going as well. So that was that's kind of my my thing that I, I really enjoy is seeing those moments where people go, oh, I get it now, you know, and having that opportunity, getting opportunity. But our podcasting kind of started about eight years ago uh, well, we, we recorded a couple of podcasts for a business association and, and we did it on video as well. And, and we thought, oh, yeah, that's, that seems to be a thing. And then we started a show called The Peak Minute Show Friday. And all it was was on Friday night, we would go live streaming for about two hours and just mm-hmm. talk to people. So just, we, were, we were like the Wayne's world of New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we just had our little segments in there. We just made people laugh and we had important news of the week and we had... We read bad horoscopes. And just, or just you know, anything you could think of, we, we just sat there on a Friday night. Just, and everyone was, obviously, it was through um, YouTube and Facebook, mostly Facebook, and people would comment, you know, from around the world and we would mm-hmm. then comment back to them live and it was this beautiful interactive thing. And we said, we went, there's something in this. There's something about this format that is going to take off. Well, it took six years to take off. <laughs> it's a slow takeoff. Yes, it does. Now it's, so we were now very early adopters. We were yeah. extremely bleeding edge. But now it's taking off. And, of course, everyone's doing it. Like even our news um, stations here do it, you know, mm. with their with their podcast, video podcasting and taking in people, you know, response from social media and everything. So that's how mainstream it's now becoming. So it's, that's a good thing. So we we cut our teeth just going the hard way and going alone and just doing it. And we built up a, a following and then we, we kind of oh, had a big... We got sponsors. Yep, yep, people with giving wow. us car sponsorship, yep. um, food sponsorship, a lot of wine sponsorship, wine sponsorship. clothing <laughs> sponsorship. Um, yeah, we ended up, um, we ended up uh, being sponsored by a costume um, house, you know, and giving mm. our costumes to people and so uh, basically what it was and, and you can look for people in the fray if you want but it was pretty much what's going to peak what's Pete going to turn up in this week so <laughs> uh, i must confess one stage i was queenie from blackadder yeah oh, okay uh, was, my favorite was you as elsa, elsa from, from frozen, frozen. They even oh, I would have died. A hundred dollar wig for free. They literally had. I had the beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, this gorgeous blonde plait. It was just yeah. amazing. Just all sorts of things. So um, through, yeah, but, you were Colonel Sanders. I was Colonel Sanders one time. Yeah, I've been in Oompa Loompa. Oompa Loompa, yeah. Um, and what it what it, what was so lovely is that we weren't taking ourselves too seriously, which is the same as the Dog and Pony Show. The Dog and Pony Show was our educational podcast, mm-hmm. which we did for a few weeks and then it got so busy. We got so busy because we were giving out this marketing advice. So it was almost like every time we're doing this content, we're constantly giving, whether it's fun, whether it's education, whatever it is, giving, giving, giving. And I guess it's that the law of reciprocity, isn't it? The more that you give, the more... I don't even want back. I'm already busy. <laughs> Um, but it just happens. Yeah. And since then, yeah. um, 
like everybody, yes, we've had ups and downs, but we always focus on those beautiful up moments because that's the, that, that's the way we're programmed. And through that, you know, since then we've reached 200 million people. We were the, some of the first in New Zealand to live stream with multiple cameras. Um, our, the, the solution pick created has been adopted by mainstream media companies. Wow. Like, it was crazy. And, and we thought, oh, you know, we've got a few views here and a few views there. Oh, maybe it's not really having an impact. But it had impact because six years later, eight years later, people will come up to us, even on the street, and go, wow, you're Pete Monique. I remember that time you. Mm-hmm. But you never know when something you say is going to have a profound impact, whether it's comedy, whether it's, it's education, whether it's just a little bit of wisdom that you've gathered through learnt experience or life experience, whatever, you never know where that's going to land, which is why things like this, like what you're doing, Will, what you're both doing, are so immensely important. Mm. So important. I love that. So, yeah, that's kind of a what we're doing. Kind of a catch-up. And our latest offering, what we're doing is, is a – well, the Dog and Pony Show was, was there for – COVID times, you know, it was like we couldn't get out. We were locked down in New Zealand. We thought, how do we help these businesses pivot? You know, so we just jumped in and just gave away our knowledge freely just as much as we could, if anyone could, we could help. And we met people after lockdown and, and, and they said to me, wow, we really loved that. It really helped. So that's the, that's what works for me. That's that's mm. that's my payback right there. I don't, mm. I don't need... I don't make, need money from my just, <laughs> I know I just, the joy, eh? Enough, yeah. And then, and then now we've started Guide to Better Living. Uh, so that's guidetobeliving.tv is the website. And, and then we were sitting there and we thought we could do a podcast. And we went, why don't we take it to TV? Um, Might as well. And we had an app to a TV channel over here. So we did. So we turned it into a TV show. So that hits. We just did our 12th episode last night. Um, yeah, and we've had a million growing, people growing, um, growing, on, so. on YouTube. We've reached a million people with that show. Yeah. And every episode reaches probably about 150. 120,000 on the channel. It's just a little little TV channel here in New Zealand. But again, people are watching, they're messaging us, and they're thanking us for sharing other people's stories and other people's wisdom, which mm. is, yeah. is, I mean, the same with podcasting. When you get to interview people and you share their story, I think it's such an honour for us as platform creators, as, as hosts, as um, entrepreneurs to be able to share other people's voices. That's kind of my gig. I agree with that. I love that. And I also love um, the story, the way you're telling it there. I have a question. That I, I can just tell what the answer is going to be, but I got to ask mm-hmm. it anyway. Like you said, when you, when you were starting out, you get a few listeners here, a few viewers there and so forth, and it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere. How do you get through that time? <laughs> I don't know if it's just blind faith or blind ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think so. Uh, for me, um, my dad, I come back to my dad. He always taught me to follow your joy as much as possible. And when things are grr and, and too hard, I I, conscious, I, I'm, I consciously come back and go, why is that not working? Why is that not flow? Um, if it's fun, why wouldn't you keep on doing it? Mm-hmm. And so long as in, we've taught a lot of business owners, so a lot of business owners that we've worked with, get really, we teach them about how to market themselves and get themselves out there with, it, with their business. And they get so excited by that. They forget to do the monetizable work because mm-hmm. um, they just want to play all yeah. the time. So, and then there's that whole methodology that you've, you've got to, you know, do the hard stuff first and then do the fun stuff at the end because it's like this treat. I actually do the complete opposite. I do the fun stuff first because that's what energizes me. And I try to teach my clients that. And once you've done that, but give it a time frame, get on and do the stuff that isn't so much flow that you know you have to do because it's going to turn into your revenue stream. Because there's nothing worse than doing your joy. Like it's being Superman all the time, but Clark Kent needs to pay the bills. Right. So that's kind of, that's my philosophy. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts around that? that the question is an extremely good question because you can look at your views and you can look at what you're doing and, and you just sometimes even sit there and think, oh, it's just not working, it's not happening. Um, how how I got through that is to evolve, is to look at it and go, okay, the concept, I trust my concept. The concept is right. I know I'm here to do this, but I haven't got my angle right yet. I haven't got my 
you know, it's like that that um, on oh. the Transformers where they they fiddle with that thing and it all spark or whatever it is, and you finally get the code right and it just opens into this amazing big thing. So <laughs> that's that's involved. Don't don't throw it all away. Believe in yourself that your concept is right, but you don't have all the answers all of the time at the same time. You've got to you've got to change and go right. Okay. I like it. I'm going to do this podcast, but look, maybe my subject matter needs a little bit of a tweak. Maybe my audience is not who I thought it was. And so self-reflection, mm. self-reflection and self-growth and self-learning and go, okay, well, let's do it. So we've done that. We changed our, you know, we changed our audience around slightly. We changed our message. We changed our tone. You know, we changed and, and the latest version of it is we had a, a, a version of it 10 years ago, well, nine years ago, and we called it Get Alive. And it was Get Alive. <laughs> and it's like we wanted to help people get, get alive. alive. Become like, the coach of their own life, go, empower themselves. You know, if something isn't working, then look at it and change. Mm. You can't get the same outcome, right? And people looked at us and went, well, I've already got a life. What do I need to get life for? And so <laughs> it was like we kind of, we were doing, we're doing the same thing as what we're doing now. We've changed it and called it Guide to Better Living. You see how that's a, a, a complete evolving of that same concept. And, yeah. in, and in the middle of it, we've been all over the place like you do as an entrepreneur. And then you find something that starts working finally, hold on to it yeah. <laughs> and never change it again. It's, it's like in the film, um, The Fifth, fifth Element, oh, yeah. when, when Lilu stands oh. in the middle and you've got all those four pieces and then the light comes through her because all the pieces are in alignment. Yeah. And I think that is the, that's the secret yeah. formula. Yeah. It's don't, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, as don't well. throw it away. Don't give up. Just keep looking until you get those bits right. That's really interesting too. Well, first of all, I, you said exactly what I thought you were going to say about the joy, because the joy really is what keeps you going. It's what's kept me going all these years. It's what keeps all my co-hosts going. Because that's why you do it. You do it because you're enjoying it. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that out. Not surprised, but really glad you brought that out. <laughs> um, but but the part, that, all the part that I'm really liking here is you're talking about how. You don't really worry about having to rebrand. You just do it because, like you said, you want to readjust the audience you're aiming toward and how you're reaching out to them. That that mm-hmm. kind of goes against the way it's usually taught. And I know because I, I was one of the ones who was taught. So, <laughs> you know, I had direct experience. But that's not the way it's usually taught. We don't do usual. Good. We create our own usual, to be fair. Um, at the moment... We are um, campa- we're behind a campaign for a guy who is running for mayor of Auckland. Mm-hmm. Mayor of Auckland is the second biggest role in politics in New Zealand. Really? So we're his campaign managers. Yeah, it's a it's a really big deal because Auckland is the biggest population in New yeah. Zealand. They generate mm-hmm. the biggest amount of revenue for the country and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And part of what so we have a, a couple of members in our team as well. And part of what we're educating our team about is the fact that. You can't use the same language to people in South Auckland as you would to people in North Auckland or West Auckland or East Auckland. Mm-hmm. It's called in media the chameleon effect. Speak to the people in their language um, and then you'll, you'll create a more um, a trusted connection. And the same goes with a podcast and the importance of niching, knowing your audience. If you're creating a podcast, say, called Get a Life, and these people are then offended by that. You, you're not going to build that audience. No. So t- constantly tweaking and rebranding. We've created so many brands over the years, and a lot of them have just been great ideas. Very few have really just gone, wow, this is it. Guide to Better Living is probably our best iteration yet. And the fact that, you know, <laughs> I rec- we recently got contacted about one person who appeared on our show from ITV in the UK. Wow. Oh, wow. This is, you know, this is crazy. And I'm so amazed. You know, several of our guests now have been approached by mainstream TV media to be mm-hmm. guests in their show, to be guests in their news article. So that, for me, even even more so than, than our guests going, I love this experience, I love this. When it's other people talking about your people, that's marketing done right. And so we know that we've finally got that fit. But it takes – it's about not being too stuck. It's about, like Pete said, having that vision, but not being too stuck in in the in the detail of how that might happen, I think. Um, And not being too – my idea is the only one. The vision is is definitely the right one. 
but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kind of, yeah, I'm not precious. Not at all. I just want to get it right. So it works. It's the opposite of uh, build it and they will come. It's, it's the Mm. exact, it's like, (laughs) you know, what, who is there out there that actually wants what I've got? And I, when I do it with our clients, I have this matrix that we go across the, you know, you've got the product and you've got the pain points and you've got the solution, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, there's no point in having a product that nobody wants. And if they don't have a pain point and then you're trying to sell them a solution they don't want. So I guess it's the same. Like this is a, this is a product. Um, you know, a podcast is, is giving people something they need. So you, better be finding the people first mm. and, and, and giving them the actual need. It's mm. like a lot of people, a lot of our clients have come to us and they've got this one great idea of they've got this tagline and they just think it's amazing. Or they've got this product, they just think it's incredible and they've got 6,000 units sitting on the shelf and they go, I need to sell these units. And we go, well, what pain point do they solve? Why, go, why well, haven't they sold already? It's, it's, but it's beautiful and it's got this, I've got this tagline and I love it. And it's like... You're not solving anybody's problem. Right. You're not buying, you know, and, and they go, they have that moment where they, they almost fall to pieces because they're clinging onto this rock in a stream and they, that's their one big idea. And it's, that's going to be the big one. It's, and then we have to kind of prise their fingers off the rock and say, go with the flow, yeah. get in the stream mm-hmm. and start swimming, you know, um, just drop, you know, okay. Yeah. It was a great idea, but it's not the best idea. How about, we look at it this way or we look at it that way and then most of them come around. There's a couple of people that just won't, won't give up Quite their resistant. idea. Just, you, know, when we, you know, we can't help those people, but we can help people to, and, and it's, it's, you know, we, we have a favorite story about the Shweddies. I, I don't even know if it's real, but apparently in, in England, there's a, 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 um, a little woven basket of wheat called Shweddies. And it's like, you know, you get a whole lot of them and it's a breakfast cereal. cereal. Mm-hmm. And, they were flagging, apparently this is the story as their sales were flagging. So they got these little square parcels of wheat and they turned it on its side and photographed it on its side on an angle and they said, now a new diamond shape. <laughs> oh no. Beautiful. And apparently the sales took off. Sales went genius. That is genius. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and we, we so, use that all the time. That's the yeah. evolution I'm talking about. It's like, take it and don't throw it out. Just tweak it yeah, slightly. You might be you might be one little tweak away from your biggest success. Yeah, even here in New Zealand, McDonald's bless them uh, said um, chicken McNuggets now made with a hundred percent real chicken. <laughs> now, what do you mean now? Now. <laughs> All right, um, well, but you know it worked, so. You know, there's always an angle. So just because somebody, like, sorry, coming back to your question, Will, um, what do you do when you don't have views? Shreddies it. Yeah, I love that. I also love something else that you said, Monique, about how, um, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but the gist of it was you've had so many things that you've tried over the years, but only a tiny percentage have actually, you know, played out and worked out the way you wanted to, which is a great concept, I think, because it, it kind of reinforces what I hear a lot from all the various people I've interviewed here on the show who've been very successful, and, and that is how many failures they, they went through to get to their success. They don't even think about them as failures, but how many things that didn't work before they got to the thing that worked. So i got to ask you, <laughs> I, I, like if you look back over the last five years or so, how many brands do you think you've come up with? Uh, oh, <laughs> Oh no, more than that. Uh, probably fifty or sixty. Uh huh. I've got. We've got book around the house. We have notebooks. I don't. Oh, there's. I've got five just beside me, and we're, it's the, our notebooks are a mix of client notes because we have to keep them right because mm-hmm. a few years yeah. down the track, clients will come back to us going, "Remember that time five years ago we were talking?" And so I reference everything. Um, we come up with new brands all the time, all the time. And that, again, that comes back to joy and fun. Um, so it'll be sort of, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and that's when one of us will start to spark. And <laughs> it is so funny. Um, and Pat, usually it's Pete, hey, what about if we did? And as soon as that happens, I think, well, we're going to be here for at least another hour or two hours <laughs> throwing around ideas all the time. Can't help it. 
everything. I just see there's such potential and possibility everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, at Christmas, I was talking to somebody who hand makes candles. And I thought to myself, well, there's a good idea of like personalized candles because you, they're really hard to get here in New Zealand. All I need to yeah. do is get a label maker and then she can do the candles for me and then I'll, I'll integrate the software into a website. Then people can send through their orders and you can get these custom candles. You do your design, you know, a little bit like Vistaprint, but, you know, in our own website. I'm going to call it mm-hmm. get, get Gifted. <laughs> I did all I did all the stickers. I did all the all the cards and everything. I did my first order and then I thought, oh, no, I'm bored with that now. <laughs> um, how much fun did I have while I did it? It was so much fun. It, more than doing the, the the orders for other people, I did it for me. I loved it. It was great. That is fabulous. Now, the, the question that goes along with it, of course, I mean, we talked just now about the different brands that you've created, but you also talked about tweaking the brands. So over oh, that yeah. same period of time, how many tweaks that you, do you think you've done to brands? Oh, they're kind of ongoing, really. Just, oh. just refining, just refining, refining. So we've yeah, we are we have we have books full of of drawings that I've drawn of how they all work and together and what we you know and just but um just the way I approach it so I mean, many hits my head. Well, <laughs> it's within the, within the overarching brand. I have the, there's a tri. It's like a tri brand. So you've got three parts to it. So you've got the personification of the brand. So if, it, if for example, your brand was a uh, movie star or a, or a, some rock star or a, or a business star, whatever you know, who would they be? You know, would they be? Would you, is your brand Beyonce? You know, is it Richard Branson? Is it um, uh, you know, is it Arnie? Is it you know, who like who is it? What? How did they come across? Is it um, Grace Kelly? Oh, yeah. Is it Diana? Mm-hmm. You know, who is your brand? Um, and so that's the first bit, and, and to get people thinking about the tone of voice and the tone mm. of, you know, everything, the way they share, what they do. And I'll just jump in to support yeah. that. That's okay. usually because most of the people that want to work with us are usually a personal brand. Um, so they might produce products or they might have a service, but they, um, the one thing that we realize with most of them that we need to build is that, is that personal um, appearance or how they take that out to market. Yep. Sorry, you jump in. That's right. And, and then this, so the second part of the tri brand is uh, the business brand. So this is what values the business stands for. So you think Ferrari, you think Toyota. You know exactly what car you're going to get and why. So you think Ferrari, luxury, opulence, you know, flash. You think Toyota, it's going to get you there and it's going to last. And, good, you know, family it's good family car. Good family car. So, so the, the business values. So Toyota built a, a business on being completely reliable. Ferrari's built a business on being completely just fabulous and, fabulous and, and loud and, and you, sexy. And 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 you can't drive it because <laughs> the, every kilometre you put on it, it devalues it. You know, so you, it's a lot of the show. It's not yeah. the driving. You know, um, so that's the – and then the third part is the brand, which is the value exchange. So mm. what is somebody going to get when they have your product? Mm. And by mixing that together in a beautiful way, so like Monique said, some people are more personal brand than product. Some people are more business brand. They don't want to be the face of their product. They want to hide behind the business or the product. They want to just sell it. You know, so mixing together for our people, that's kind of the way I look at it. So when you say the tweaks that we make and, and the changes, it's usually around one of those things. It's yeah. like, okay, have we got our our personification of this brand. Do people realise, you know, who who they're dealing with when they want to work with this, you know, with us? Or is it have we got our, our business brand right? Do people understand the, you know, what we stand for? Do they get it? The first thing they see, you know, when they see our brand, do they go, hmm, don't quite get that, or do they go, I instantly know what this business is all about? Um, mm-hmm. And then the, the product is obviously. We have multiple products, so we're always tweaking the products. So, you know, for example, at the moment, we're running uh, Get Yourself Ready for Camera to go on TV um, course, which is a product. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to have its own kind of unique kind of look and feel um, uh, around that. Mm. But, but, you know, when, you know, our main brand is we do famous. But when you come to us, you're going to be famous. Mm. You know, if you go through our methodologies, you will be out there everywhere, which is what we do. It's what we do for ourselves, so we can do that for you. So, 
when you see that, you go, oh, I know what they're going to do. They're going to make me famous. And it's, that's so simple. You know, yeah. people get it and they go, I want to be famous. And you it's go, okay. Let's <laughs> make you famous. Going to cost you. <laughs> but you love it. <laughs> and I think what I love too is that on the journey that we work with and with our clients, um, it's, that's a constant evolution as well. So, for example, at the moment, we've got a whole stable of beautiful, beautiful humans who are coming to us. And one in particular stands out. She's um, Her name is Elizabeth Hur. I have to give her a shout out. She is in New Zealand. She's a um, nonverbal communication and human language, a uh, human behavior expert. Mm. And she's absolutely brilliant. Always classified herself as a textbook introvert. And then studied human behavior, and now you should see her. To go through this process with her, to help her find her voice, to help her step into her own magnificence, get her on camera going live for the first time, um, and see her even pushing through her own glass ceiling, through the evolution, the step-by-step evolution of, of this methodology, which is literally both of us going, go on then, you can do it. Mm-hmm. We've seen you do it. Go on, give it a go. Like, it's that simple. And they're, they're going, all right, Pete Monique said I can do it. I'm going to give it a go. She has literally skyrocketed. And to see this evolution, we got her on television. And the head of the TV channel that we broadcast through rang me going, that woman was fantastic. She needs her own show. Wow. 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 I mean, this is crazy. Mm. It is crazy, but it works. So it's all this, like Pete said, it's this beautiful fusion of getting those elements right. It's it, I come back to the fifth element again. It's earth, fire, you know, all those elements, and then the light comes through you. It's just like Lelu having that moment. Um, and if anybody listening hasn't watched the fifth element, go and do it. It's just <laughs> it's brilliant. One of so my yeah, favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. You you get it right. It's just that moment. I I feel like that's that's what we're here to do. Help the light shine through. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not hard to see how you would be an expert at that because your light shines through just through what you're you're saying. So I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're lacking light. You know, there's not, there's not a light shortage going on in New Zealand right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we always tell people we're just mucking around. That's good though. I like that. That's very relaxed. It's it's very genuine. It's authentic. I'm sure that plays a major role, you know, because if you weren't authentic, first of all, you wouldn't have anybody really buying from you because they wouldn't believe you. But right. secondly, you're also training other people how to how to get there, how to get to that place. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what your program is all about. Uh, well, I got, I also have to ask you a question. Why do people want to become famous? I'm not saying that it's not it's a bad thing. I'm just kind of curious. Why do they want to become famous? Yeah, a, re- a really good question. And we actually put our definitions of fame on our business cards somewhere. Um, <laughs> so again, we're not, we're not beholden to, um, to traditional methodologies of, oh, here is my business card. We've got them somewhere. But at the end of the day, we're more Google searchable than we are, you know, right. physical business cards. There's a concept here. Um, so in, te- in, in, in the world, there's still this concept that television, because so, I did, I did my after I did my theatre and film degree. I, I actually did a post grad at um, the TV training school in Television New Zealand. So yeah. my I have family who come from broadcasting and theatre, and that's kind of my my heritage here in New Zealand. And and so I I knew there was an allure with TV sure. um, and this exclusivity. Um, and there's this concept of fame, and I think fame fame for me is not about ego, not at all. People understand that the more famous you are, the more recognized you are. In a business sense, I take it to mean from my my heart-centric woo-woo place, I'm so not woo-woo, but you get what I mean, <laughs> that it's about if you've got if you've got something, a way to make somebody's life better, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you leverage that out to as many people as possible and make 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 the world a better place? So right. that, for me, to quantify that, people understand in an instant what fame means. So they understand in the same way that you understand what Ferrari represents. So fame is, or being famous is the kind of the leverage springboard that I use to quantify how I help people make the world better. 
so is that really the motivation among people who become your clients on, on the We Do Famous uh, platform? Yep. Yep. yep, absolutely. What happens is we um, have attracted, and you know all about that, is we've attracted people who want to do something good for the world. They, they had the social entrepreneurship idea that they want to do, and they just literally don't know how to get themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Brilliant, beautiful way of doing it, and they don't know how to monetize. So they've got the two biggest issues. Is nobody knows about them, and they, they're not making any money. So... As an entrepreneur, you know, as a social entrepreneur, you can't give something you don't have. So if I wanted to give fresh water to some tribe and wherever, you know, I can't do it if I don't have the water first, you know. So I've got to get the water. So these people have this beautiful idea, but they don't have the goods. They can't deliver it. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying is, you know, like my business card is very similar to what I said. So if your brand stood for all the right things you believe in and you knew you could make a difference in the world, for whatever reason, wouldn't you want everyone to know about it? So that's that's yeah. kind of where I come from. Is so to be famous, famous in that sense is is to have people instantly recognise. And it comes back to those that tripart. You know, it's not necessarily about the ego or the person. It could be the product. You know, it could be you could your business could be building homes for the homeless. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If nobody knows about you, the government doesn't know about you, so they're not funding you. The businessman down the road might want to donate to you, but he doesn't know about you. You know, there's all these all these reasons why people don't know about you. We're doing the opposite. We're going to make your brand, your business in this case, famous. So when people go, oh yeah, it's those guys. They build homes for the homeless. I've heard of them, and and then that that mind share it takes off. At some stage, it it becomes self-fulfilling mm. because then they've got someone else goes oh yeah i've heard of them oh i saw them on tv the other day oh yeah they were on blah 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 you know and suddenly everyone knows about who you are so that in that sense that business is now famous so it's <laughs> it's, you know, it's like your brand you know it's hello today you know you're you're famous for a particular thing you know and without that uh, recognition you'd be sitting talking to two people you know, <laughs> well, I was at one point. I mean, that's the way it starts. You, you, actually, yeah. I was talking to one person. It was my wife doing the first episode with me, and we knew nobody else was listening. It was us. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and so, in, in a way, now you're embracing that famousness because now you can reach more people. You could do more good. It's that's kind of how we approach. It's what we mean yeah. when we mean we do famous. Is we will make you, whoever it is so well recognized and and people understand instantly who you are what you stand for and what value you will get if they come through you and yeah. and, and it look it works a few years ago we got taken to india um for work to wow. represent new zealand products so one of the other jobs i've had over the years is i've been a tv shopping presenter here in new zealand on television for new zealand and australia ah. um but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, you have so, that have no doubt, Pat. You're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and so we, we got taken to, uh, to India. And the most incredible thing happened because of all this work we'd done in, in YouTube, as an example. Mm-hmm. When we came, we, we got taken to an event. There was, what, 250 people there. Oh. We walked in and people were coming up to us going, Pete, Monique, such a pleasure to have you here. they knew who we were they knew what we stood for they could ask us questions about how we were helping businesses or the products that we had worked with um and and that for me that's my job or actually more even it's not even a job for me because again it comes back to fun and joy that's my my thing my purpose my my voice my um my energy that's that's where i'm meant to be that's what I'm here to do, and I'm helping other people through through this platform, through mm-hmm. these platforms. Um, that's it's kind of all the right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I look at it. Sorry, I just look at it like I'm building the stage. So I build the the platform or the stage, and then Monique mm-hmm. is the MC on the stage. And so as the MC, she gets to introduce amazing things, products, people, concepts, um, without without me building the stage. So I run all the production. So I'm mixing the cameras and making sure the sound's right and all that sort of stuff. So without 
being sitting on my, it's my couch that you're sitting on, you know? <laughs> don't, you don't true. get on the couch if I don't like you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some people think it's Monique running the show. No. She's the MC of the show. And I love being and she, in that And role. she takes over that bit and just makes it magic for everybody. So mm. the combinations, the combination of us both, we can't, you couldn't do it any other way, you know? You'd, I'd be screwed, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> Well, it makes total sense. Because you guys both, like you say, you both bring different skill sets, and they're they're skill sets that intermesh beautifully. I mean, it's almost like you you were hand-picking each other for this. Yeah. We think think so, too. So we've just celebrated our 10th anniversary two nights ago. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. And we were sitting there going, 10 years, what the hell were we thinking? (laughs) (laughs) But we must have been thinking the same thing because we've just done the same thing together for 10 years and it's it's still a lot of fun. That's it. It should be. That's fabulous. Excellent. I love that. We've got a thing. We've got a thing. We don't know what it is, but we've got a thing. Yeah. But by the way, one of our live stream listeners, uh, a regular listener named Luke, he says, my best friend from college lives in Auckland. So you got another connection going on. Oh, I'll let you know about that. That's <laughs> so cool. Hello. I, I, I may know them. There's only 1.7 million people here. So <laughs> we're probably neighbors. <laughs> so you're one of those people who knows all 1.7 million. I mean, they're, they're like jokes about that, right? The person who knows everybody in the entire section of the country. Yeah. I get it. It is not. It is not unusual for us to walk through the town and to be greeting people, or people to be greeting us. It is a mm-hmm. bit of a village here. I'm not going to lie. That's <laughs> nice, though. That's cool. I like that. Now, you also, when we were talking earlier about the tweaking side, you you were kind of alluding to how the tweaking is an association with what you find out about your audience and your changing audiences and so forth, which is kind of like on the topic of building an audience. So, talk about that side of it for a bit. I mean, we talked about the branding side and how you're tweaking the brand, but there's also the people you're reaching out to on behalf of whoever it is you're you're working with. How does that work? Well, here's the thing. I thought I was pretty much number illiterate until I started learning, thanks to this guy, um, about social media. Um, I realized that social media was a great way for me to promote myself as an entertainer um, or as a speaker Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then when Pete introduced me to the metrics, I was able to quantify what those numbers meant with regards to human behavior. And so I could start to see, oh, okay, if I do this, they really peak here, but then they kind of, they're not so interested here. And I could start to map out using data how people were feeling and reacting to the content that we created. So I really started to dive into the numbers. It was like stepping into the matrix and understanding the ones and zeros and going, wow, this tells us about what people like and who they are. So for me, learning about the data and getting over that fear of numbers was just transformational. And now, you know, it's with our new iteration um, product guide to better living, I can see in the numbers and the live streams and things like that, the content that people are really interested in. So for example, we've got one of our contributors is a New Zealand MasterChef judge. Um, and so we open with a, a content piece like kitchen hacks or recipes from him. And it's such a great way to, to open the show because, you know, he's got a big following here in New Zealand. He's really super famous. But what that means too is that our clients who come in afterwards, they're getting exposed to different audiences. So it's it was about looking at the numbers and going, what's the best flow? What creates the longest term engagement based on testing it, trying it? reviewing it, refining it. That was pretty much it for me. Um, Your thoughts? Uh, Yes. Uh, So what I did is uh, quite early on, I I realised the power of distribution. And what I mean by that is we, at one stage, working with a business association here in New Zealand, we got uh, the content was filmed by one person uh, on behalf of these businesses. And they had uh, four, they did four, half-hour shows, so it was kind of like eight, eight um, quarter-hour quarter hour shows, but we put two of them together, and mm-hmm. what we did is we streamed it. When we put it out on TV, we live-streamed it simultaneous on 19 different Facebook pages. Wow. So, it connect, so we went to... They built the stage. We got uh, every single one of them cross-posted from the business, so it didn't just go out on our platform, it went out on their platform, and basically... On that particular night, we flooded South Melbourne with this content. <laughs> you know, so 
<laughs> probably everyone in South Melbourne went, oh, not these guys again. Bloody hell, it's on. <laughs> oh, like, oh, get, off, get off my social media. But we get told that all the time. It's yeah. like, stop, oh, you guys are flooding, everywhere. stop flooding my timeline. And so that's kind of, yeah, that power of distribution is, is the I key. Is, is we partnering with other people to use their audience as well um, and to combine yes, them or into... or entertain. Entertain com- their audience. Combine them into, yeah, combine them into one big audience. So I'm always looking for ways. So when we go out on, uh, like, for instance, last night, we, we went out on Simon's page, you know, and we just started doing that. And, and our numbers jumped you know, straight away because it's like, oh, right, of course, people want to see that, you know. So it's about using his page as well as our page, as well as cross-posting it to the other yeah. people involved. So, and that know, has a benefit for him because he's getting access to audiences that he doesn't have. Oh, sure. So mm-hmm. the yeah. power of the collaboratives, uh, uh, those partnerships, is so important. So last night in our show, we had five different brands that were represented in one 30-minute show. And so all those pages were streaming, plus the pages we own. And it was all that. It, it's like with this new concept, we're creating, again, a, a little village of um, of contributors that want to support each other. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm. that You know, they're commenting on each other's pages and each other's content and supporting each other. And it doesn't matter if you are a teeny tiny little business or you're a master chef, you know, if we're all in it together. We're all playing the same game. And mm-hmm. it, I was telling somebody the other day um, with regards to, you know, big time media, sometimes there are people that are spending a lot of money shouting really loud in digital. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, it's always been about little whispers out to the right people that kind of, it, it gets the widest spread. So when Pete, Pete joked before that people are going, stop flooding my timeline, it's it's not us doing it. We we lead a very quiet life at home. We don't go out much. We don't do much. But it's using those platforms to do that work for us. Um, that's that's been the magic and the partnership. Sorry, I yeah, jumped no. in, but I had so no, much no, to that's share. That's great. That's great. I just I just guess you know to finish off that my bit of that is it's and a lot of you know. I, I, like we don't do things normally. I'm just making it up here as I'm going along. We're, we're accidental marketers. Instead of niching down into one platform and trying hard to bring people to it, I just thought, well, why not go to where the people are? Yeah. And the people were were on social media. They're yeah. on their phones. So it's like, how do I take? This is six, six years ago when we, we started streaming. How do I take what I've got and get it out to as many people as possible. Mm. So I use um, Restream.io is, is my you know chosen technology that I tried and liked and I've stuck with it just because it works. So I go out through um, multiple Facebook pages and multiple YouTube channels and then uh, at the same time and then I use cross-posting. So we set up cross-posting on Facebook from you know to uh, get it all. So basically when we go live and going live is is been our thing so you know going live uh you know I, i'm still you know quite amused when i find someone who's still never ever been live on facebook in their it's whole brilliant. entire life you know it's like brilliant. wow why wouldn't you the people are sitting there they are they are waiting for to consume what you want to give them so just get in front of them and find out you know like give it a go just try it and see whether people like it or not you know um, and yeah, so we get people going live and then they all go, oh my God, this is amazing. Wow, why haven't I done this before? And so it's like, we just keep doing it, keep doing it, go live every day. People are sitting, waiting to consume. So, and never, never, never in our lives before have we all had the same opportunity as mainstream yeah. media. You know, you're your own roving reporter, you're your own paparazzi, um, you're your own promoter. If you've got a voice, if you've got a, a, a reason to, to make the world better, why wouldn't you? Yep. Going live is a great way to do it. You can't hide. You have to be your most, you are your most authentic self when, you, when you're live. And, and to be able to capture that as well. Huh, mm. Easy. Great. No post-production. Brilliant. Yeah. Saves you time, <laughs> saves money. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like, yeah, yeah. You have a, your own TV. Broadcast studio. Broadcast studio in your pocket. Do it. <laughs> Incredible. I love that. That is fabulous. I have to admit that you're really the first people I've ever spoken to who really do embrace the live stream, embrace the live. Uh, I mean, there, there's, you're recording too, I'm sure, but that's like that, that's a second thought to you. 
I mean, I, for myself, I mean, I do a podcast. The podcast is a recording. That's basically what that is. You're, you're doing exactly the opposite. Everything is about the live with you. I just love it. I love it. I think because we come from, we're both performers. So mm -hmm. we, we used to being in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. And even when I worked for the TV shopping channel, I said to the producers, I said, let me go live. I want to do live TV. HSN and QVC, they do live. Let me go live. And so it was a huge risk for them. Um, but I said, you need to trust me. And I remember the first time we went live, um, for both in both countries and I was doing um, a show co-hosting a show with the ugliest alpaca cardigan you have ever seen <laughs> it was ugly but damn it was warm it was it was huge it was the sort of thing that if you had to go and watch your kids playing sport on a cold winter's morning you would put that on and you would be as snug as a bug in a rug and so I thought I've got to think of my key points how, if I was in front of somebody, how would I sell that to them? And that's what I brought to the show. And it, it, was, it was hilarious. 30 minutes of live television. And obviously, you know, I'd been doing live streaming with Pete by this stage, so I was used to switching it on. And mm -hmm. um, so we went live on TV, and about 15 minutes into the show, my producer comes in with a whiteboard and a glum face, and I thought, oh, no, what have I done? And I see him writing out of the corner of my eye while I'm talking to TV and I'm right, somebody right. talking to yeah, right? Right. And he's writing on the whiteboard and then he said, Monique, your alpaca cardigan has sold out. <laughs> <laughs> That's worked. crazy. So there's something about in the in the in the moment um, of being live with people uh, there, there is a different energy because we see it all the time when we're doing pre-recorded stuff as well. Um, people have a fear that when you are, I think this is what happens, is that when you're doing pre-recorded content, it doesn't matter if I screw up because it can be edited. Mm -hmm. Right. Sure. I rely on that. So there is not the same edge as when you're live and mm. you just have to cover. I remember doing another another show <laughs> where we were hammering these things onto the wall using a magic tacker. I'm live on TV, and as I'm pushing it into the wall, all the other pictures fell off the wall. <laughs> How do I cover that? Oh. I look at the camera and I go, and that's what happens when you don't use the magic tacker. Ah, yes. Sure, why not? You know, that works. We do it in real life every day. We do it when we're talking with our clients. All you're doing when you go live is you're leveraging off that same energy that gets you through a client meeting, that gets you through when you're talking to your kids, that gets you through when you're talking to your partner. It's the same thing. You're just broadcasting it not one-to-one, -one, but one-to-many. Yeah. That's it my works. Would you agree? Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm trying, trying to think of anything extra to add there. I think it's it's just a magic. It's just a magic about it. It's something where I, I just for some reason I went, this is going to be a thing. This is going to be what takes off eventually. You know, it took six years for people to understand that you know you can still get in, and like you say, not many other people are still doing it. But for some reason, we start one of our brands. We started with was the Edutainment Factory, and it was uh, a kids show. We started literally started with the kids show uh, on Sunday mornings uh, for an hour, and that's when I I started. I just I bought a you know live switching unit and I got the software and I just started and got three cameras and we went you know what, they used to make live TV back in the 60s and 70s when it started out it was everything was filmed in front of a live studio audience mm -hmm. and they just had three cameras, and, you know it's like Bono talks about having three chords in the truth you know it's like you got three cameras <laughs> and you're live and it used to, they used to fade in and boom and then they did it and then they were done so and I good. went that, that's the energy of that is incredible. Let's let's see if we can recreate that, and I, you know, and, and I don't think people realise how heavily, heavily edited everything is. Even a live thing nowadays is still oh, yeah. chopped up. You can, I can see where it's been so chopped into, you know, something. Whereas if, when you're live and you're making, for example, we did a cooking show, when you have to put the um, you know, stuff on the stove and cook it for 15 minutes, it's going to take the whole 15 minutes. Mm. When you burn something, <laughs> and when you, you burn, burn something. something. Uh, so we were doing a show with a, with another one of the MasterChef judges, um, Ray McVinney over here, and he said, Monique, 
I was I was doing the production. Monique was um, doing that, you know, talking. I was, uh, he was talking. He said, Monique, watch those that chicken there. Make sure it doesn't burn. What happens? Burns. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm live. We're live. And he goes, you know what? Things like this happen all the time in everyone's kitchens. Let's just start again. So tipped it all out, washed the pan, started again. It was a teachable moment. Yeah. Mm. That that sounds very, Julia Child is what that sounds like to me. I I loved her. Mm -hmm. See, again, she did live TV. And and because with so many businesses, marketing guidelines and branding guidelines became so tight and you can and can't say these things, that for most people... You know, one of the brands we've worked with is a, is a I can't say the name because it's a very big international kitchenware brand. Mm-hmm. Um, they said before, we do, <laughs> yeah, with, before we do a live, you'll need to read these marketing and branding guidelines. It was 126 pages oh, yeah. of what you can and can't say. Um, and luckily, I'm, I'm really good with that sort of stuff. It's I've been trained to do that sort of thing. But... That's why a lot of people are so scared because they're scared of saying something wrong. Right. And yet you have an opportunity to say everything that is so right and so true and so authentic. That's that. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. I love that. That's really, really cool. I'm, I'm loving this interview too. I, I'm picking stuff up that I never thought I was going to pick up. I mean, I knew oh. I had, I had like an idea of what you guys did. I didn't realize how heavily oriented it was toward the live presentation. And I mean, I'm, right now I'm wishing like we had another hour to do because I, mean, I, I, I mean, I'm loving this. I'm really enjoying this. This is really cool. You're, you're, you're actually making me rethink my model, to be perfectly wow. honest. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would issue, it's not even a challenge. I would open up the potential of what's possible to anyone who listens to this podcast to give live a go. And specifically in the, with, with Facebook as an example, you have an opportunity not just to broadcast out to your people, but for them to engage with you and be part of that conversation. You can see those comments in real time, like you just said before, Will. You right. had somebody mentioned about somebody with Auckland. Um, when, you're, when you're creating more engagement, you're creating more brand loyalty as well. When people feel like there is no barrier between you and them, you will create better customers. You'll create better relationships. Um, those people will become your cheerleaders. So when we've taught people to live stream, we've said, don't get stuck in your script. If people come on, acknowledge them. If you see their name pop up, acknowledge them and say hello. Sure. Um, you know, don't, don't get so bogged down in the detail that you, you forget about the reality of the conversation and, and being with people. We do it when we go to a bar. We talk to everyone. We talk to our mates. We acknowledge them. Think think of your live as being in one giant bar and having a damn time. <laughs> that is so funny. Have one have one on the house. Uh, so. <laughs> I think that um, from my kind of angle, I think everybody um, is afraid of looking stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big fear. That's a really that motivates us to not do a lot of things. Like it really is a super motivator. Um, we will just let most opportunities go past us because we're just afraid to take that leap. And so, we, when I first started, uh, when I was I was in a band and then I went solo as a musician. And before I did it, I spent a month out in the garage going through my set list every single day. I'd go right through the whole. I'd go through three three sets of a four set night three and then do the next three and then the next three i just went round and round and round and round and i was cracking myself the first time i got up by myself to do the whole show you know a whole night um in a bar and um i still screwed things up but then it's like oh, i've got to do more practice so what i'm really saying is you've got to rehearse you've got to know your stuff you just mm-hmm. can't get on and so what what we do is we take people through a whole process of knowing their stuff and getting it right mm-hmm. because because there's no point in going live if you're just going to go um and um uh and um and you don't know it you've actually got to know it it's got to fall out of your mouth you've got, it's got to, to be, be in your muscle it's, memory yeah it's yeah mm-hmm. so 
when people go, oh, wow, you guys make it look so easy. No, we've worked really, really hard <laughs> to mm. make it look this easy. And so I'm, so I'm you know, we'll get people to turn up and, and they'll, you know, we call it red light fever. You know, as soon as the red recording light goes on, they forget their own name. They literally do. We've had people in tears. We've had people go, my name is, um, <laughs> you know, oh, no. that's that, cause it is, and I appreciate it. That's scary because I've been through that situation myself. Mm-hmm. I it was one time I had not been on camera and then I went on camera and I was a mad, I was useless. I was absolutely useless. And I, but what I did is I didn't let that stop me. Mm-hmm. I went, you know what? I, I can do this. And I went away and I rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed mm-hmm. for like four days. And then I recorded myself. I videoed myself because you can do it. It's, you, you just, you, you know, got the tools. it's right here. <laughs> you know, it's right there. Record, you know, and the amount of people who just won't actually rehearse or won't actually record themselves and look at themselves. Oh, oh I, I don't, I don't like, like the way I look. look. I, I don't, don't like, like the sound well, of my voice. You know, mm. You're never going to get over that unless you actually get over that. Mm. There's only one way to get over it, which is get on there and do yeah. it and keep doing it until one day. And one day I just it clicked. One day I went, ah, there I am on camera. Now I know who I am. Now I know what how, my, how to get my rhythm of my voice going right, how to stop saying um and ah because I've got my stuff already in there. That's And, and, and yeah, sure, I might still look at myself and go, wow, I look like an idiot. But it doesn't matter anymore. You know, there's a certain stage where you get past that yeah. and you just go, actually, I'm not too bad. Actually, I don't mind this. And then <laughs> and you get your stuff right and you get your scripts right and, and not, not so much like scripted, but you get your points right. You know, the stuff we've been talking to you today about, you know, that falls out of our mouths because we talk, All we're always doing it. We're always talking to people about it. So, it's, you know, my tri-brand thing, you know, you're talking about how we do that. It's like I, I use that in every single business meeting or client meeting that we have. I remind them of those three things. So it's easy, but it, was ne- it wasn't always that easy, you know. I well, you, well, you also did the right thing because you hooked up with Monique. I mean, you knew <laughs> she had she had did, what you were looking I for there. Thing. Yeah. I hooked That's up a, with him. Well, it was both ways. It was both. Yeah. Because like Definitely. you said, you need him for the tech side. He needs you to basically teach him the live side. It was a perfect marriage. It really was. It, it actually was. And again, at our 10-year anniversary, we were sitting there going, <laughs> what the hell are we doing? Jeez, that's been cool. <laughs> You've been doing something right, and that's a great thing. Hey, before we part company, and I I, I say those words with great sadness, but <laughs> I'm not you. kidding. I'm enjoying this so much, and I think our listeners are too. But before we part company, give people an idea how they can reach out to you, because there's probably somebody listening, probably me too, who wants to reach out and learn more about <clears throat> what you're offering. So tell people about that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so our main business, I say business in inverted commas because it's just got to be about play and fun, to be fair. But our main business <laughs> website is called wedofamous.com. Um, so that's where we kind of, that's, I guess, what you could say is our corporate business brand, um, which has a picture of a zebra on it because, of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that's our business. Um, and then... So that's where we take people through our methodologies and we teach them to find their voice, become confident on camera, look at how to utilize digital platforms to reach their audiences and, and, and the whole sort of gamut of what that takes to choreograph that into a beautiful synchronous dance. Um, and then um, our, we help people through uh, internet publishing and broadcasting as well. So being able to work with people and that's through Guide to Better Living and that's where we really a lot of the people want to learn the methodology, but they don't have the audience, whereas we do. So being able to publish people's articles um, to our platform, is it's an online magazine platform, and you've got everything that pertains to living and lifestyle. So everything from pets to parenting to spirituality, well, that's one we'd like to get more content around, um, cooking, everything you can imagine, um, Business, health, yeah. well-being, sexuality, anything. Weddings is a big one. Fashion, Fashion. Um, health, well-being, all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, yes. So that's our publishing side. And then we have our broadcasting side. So that's uh, the Guide to Better Living TV show. So we feature brands and businesses in that. And, yes, we can work with people remotely to do um, to bring them in uh-huh. and interview 
well. So we can feature anybody from around the world on that show. Uh, we've just worked with a woman, a beautiful company in America called Ringora, who mm-hmm. does luxury uh, body bath products. Um, and we did a piece, a demonstration around why dry brushing your skin is really helpful for your health and well-being. So she sent me, um, Cindy sent me all her beautiful brushes and products. And then I did the demonstration here in New Zealand. So she has a great piece of content that she can use for her own marketing. But we were mm-hmm. able to leverage her out to our audiences as well. So a beautiful um, international partnership there. And she's part of our beautiful village too. So that's guide to betterliving.tv is the website. .tv, okay, I'll make a note of that too, because I'll put them in the, the show notes so that people can oh, more right. easily just click and get there and, yeah, make it easy for people, right? you got to make it easy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's been I my agree. philosophy for years. Well, i got to tell you, I'm, I, like I said, I'm really sad that we're finishing this, but boy, this has been a great visit. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Truly, really, really appreciate it. Thank really appreciate you. It. And um, gosh, it's it's been super lovely and I now feel bad because I didn't give you guys enough time to talk. We're supposed to share the platform together. <laughs> but I hope I hope you can take some of our New Zealand energy and share that with the world yes. and um, spread the joy. And um, I, I really do wish in anyone listening to today's show um, so much joy and so much happiness. I hope they're having fun and playing in their space and bringing their joy to the world as well because I think – the world needs it right now. Totally, totally agree. I love this. Mm-hmm. So thank you much, Alex. As usual, thank you so much, too, for all that you do. And I'm glad you're continuing to heal. Keep on that path, girl, because, you know, you know how much we love you here. Dan, of course, he's probably tuning in. So, Dan, we missed you. but uh, And you missed a good one, but you didn't miss it entirely because you were tuned in. I'm sure you were. <laughs> so thank you very much. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, <laughs> everybody.